Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 201 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan, and I am, of course, joined by my co-host, Mr. Dave Hogue. What's up, dude? Hello. Uh, just seems like it's been a long time. Since that's, that's because not, not to the listener, but for you and I. <laughs> yes. Who knows? Maybe it has been a long time for the listener. Maybe they, they forgot about it could, us. After, it could be, yes. After our epic <laughs> 200th episode. I've had it with these guys. And then like six months later, they're like, find out they're still subscribed. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll catch back up. <laughs> if that's you, way to go, man. Oh, you know what we should do, Dave, before we move on? What's that? Is say a special shout out to our listeners from Australia. Australia. <laughs> who uh, we don't really check the our uh, like our download stats or anything like very often, like maybe three or four times a year. And I just so happened to check them like a week or so ago and found out that like a crazy amount of our downloads of like the last, I don't know, of the last like 30 or 60 days have come from folks in Australia. So if you happen to be from Australia and listening, uh, Hey, welcome. And thanks so much for checking out the show. I, I yeah. wish to visit your country very, very badly. <laughs> if I'm <laughs> going to be quite honest. Uh, and actually Dave and I were just talking about formula one before, uh, we recorded this episode and we're recording this just a few days after the uh, Grand Prix that was in Melbourne. So looked like a good time anyways. So yeah, there we go. Cheerio to our friends in Australia. Yes. Glad you're glad you're listening. Appreciate having you having you on board. Indeed. Um, all right. Well, I don't know if I have anything else to say that's actually worth saying. I mean, I could say a lot and just waste everyone's <laughs> time, but I think we might uh, be better off just kind of getting back on the saddle and uh, hopping back into Hebrews. What do you say? Yeah, so I do, I do have one thing I want to say, Ooh, um, okay. and, I, and I apologize for not saying this to you, Cam, before. So I, I have become – I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated um, – well, well, one, I think there's a whole lot going on in the Old Testament that we don't do justice spending time looking at the Old Testament. So that's that's the first thing. But one of the things that I had mentioned earlier when we were uh, recording um, reference Hebrew 12 was uh, Esau and Jacob. And I had mentioned that I wanted to look deeper into that and have a better understanding of that. And I will just be candid in that my my initial kind of research into that my look at that has just created more questions <laughs> uh, uh, for me and specifically um you know uh romans 9 uh there's kind of a reference again to the, the this concept of uh jacob i loved esau i hated and you know another thing that i've said during this podcast that i think was somewhat um i don't even know that controversial but maybe we got some response to was talking about this idea that god god plays favorites or god has favorites and so um i'm just going to leave it at that that i have not forgotten that i'm i'm looking deeper into esau and jacob and um 
I plan to revisit that and Cam, I plan to like you and I can talk more <laughs> prior to podcasting. Um, but I, I just, I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated with some of the things um, of the old Testament. And you and I have, have hit on this on many times, even with Abraham and, and, and Sarah and kind of taking things into their own hands and, or their, um, own, or their own beds, you know, whatever. In their own beds, yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, I, this is the teaser that I have out there that I'll, that I'll throw out there of just, it seems to me that what's important to God and what we think is important in 2022 I get this vibe that they're not the same things. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> and and it kind of goes, I, I mean, there's just like, and again, Kim, I apologize to you. I did not intend to do this while no, we were recording. Totally I, I meant to, I, I'd meant to bring this up to you, but just again, this concept of, you know, we've talked about uh, the, the gospel of sin management. I mean, there's just so many things that you and I have hit on, um, during this podcast that we've talked about in terms of our faith and, and, and things that we do that, that as I have dug into Esau and Jacob, that, that has just been reaffirmed to me. And so, um, I'm going to shut up now and just say that <laughs> I have not forgotten about that. I think there's some juicy stuff there. And while I'm kind of springing this on you, Cam, I think you would be on board with kind of what I'm, I'm saying. And so, um, we will definitely revisit that at some point. Um, and what that looks like, I don't know exactly. Um, but yeah, so I hope that, I hope that's enough, like kind of like tantalizing, uh, our listeners to want to tune in for more and not too incredibly vague <laughs> about what I'm talking about. So no, I think, I think you have somehow managed to turn follow up into a teaser of yes, what I did. That come. was again, that was not my, that was not my intent either, but yes, you are correct. Yeah. We're going to do a side podcast, the Jacob and Esau tangent. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Yeah. And, and again, I, it, yeah, yeah. Cause even like our conversations about Abraham and that kind of stuff, I just am like, man, these are not people we would hold up as pillars of the faith if we really dissected the things that they did. So anyway, yeah, which is a good thing. Cause God is a big God. So, <laughs> okay. And that was like seven minutes of just, yeah. Did not mean to hijack us that way. No, you're totally fine. I'm, I'm glad one that you remembered that we talked about that. I sure don't remember. Uh, And secondarily, you're excited about it, which makes me excited about it. So it's all good. Thank you, sir. And every time you say, you know, God's a big God, I'm reminded of my dad who, I don't know who he got this from, but like, we would like start off praying and sometimes he'd be like, Oh God, you are so large. <laughs> like as a joke, you know, like of someone who doesn't know. And I'm like, is that from like some seventies movie that, you know, I don't know. But so every time you say God's a big God, I just hear my dad, God, you are so large, <laughs> which it has no context for anyone but me, but it makes me giggle. So I appreciate it. <laughs> and yes, I said giggle. I probably should have said chuckle. I don't know. What's the, what's the, 
Never mind. We're just going to move on. <laughs> We've completely gone off the cliff. Yes. Nope, it's all good. We are. See, what we're doing is we're setting a listener up for a quick turn right into the Bible. We're going to be goofy and then get real serious. All right. Cool. So we're in Hebrews 12, and we're going to start in 18 and read all the way to the end, right? Uh, yeah, the end of 12, yeah. <laughs> Not the end of the book, just the end of 12. No. Although we're getting close, right? 13 is the end. There's oh, not a 14. No. Yeah, actually, we're relatively close. Mm-hmm. Now that I look at it. All right. Would you like me to do that? I sure would. For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was a sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking, for if they do not escape when they refuse him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. All right, thanks for reading that, Dave. That was uh, rather colorful. So, boy, where to start? I think maybe taking a look back at what we read previously might help, you know, help us understand what we just read. Because there was a lot of illustrative language there, wouldn't you say? Yes, I would agree. So previously, we were looking at the section above, right? Do not grow weary. Uh, it's for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. Uh, lift your drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees, make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone. See to it no one fall, fall, uh, fails to obtain the grace of God. So he's like giving them like all of this encouraging talk, right? All of the, like the halftime, halftime of a football game in the locker room, you know, just getting the, the troops ready to go out and finish it off. And then we get to this sort of ending section of 
of chapter 12, you know, right on the, uh, on the heels of, of the, uh, the halftime speech as it were. And he gets really flowery and poetic really with his language, referencing a lot of stuff, um, that is either like old Testament, you know, Moses in the mountain, but also stuff that sounds, um, uh, what's the word eschatological, right? The blazing fire, darkness and gloom and tempest, the sounds of the trumpets, that sort of stuff, uh, sounds a lot like revelation or some old Testament prophets. But it says, you have come to Mount Zion to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous uh, made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word. Like, man, I thought the part before this was supposed to be encouraging. But like, <laughs> look, at, look at the painting, the, the, the picture he's painting, right? This, like... You've come, like, you've reached the end. This is the point of everything that has happened in our history, everything that Jesus came to accomplish, right, is all pointing towards this. And the takeaway, really, you know, as it says in, in the, the heading that, you know, someone added, is this idea that once you've like once the kingdom is here and has landed, like it is unshakable, it is immovable, it is permanent, it is eternal. You cannot change it, you cannot damage it. In fact, the only thing that will remain is the kingdom, and everything else is going to perish. Which is which is a whole lot to consider. Because we're not so good with thinking about eternity or permanence, right? <laughs> it says in Ecclesiastes that our life is change. Everything is change. And we're used to that. Um, but this concept of, of eternal permanence is, I think, something that breaks us or in our brains a little bit. I don't know. What do you think, Dave? Yeah. So, um, you know, as I read this, I, I, the, the, the way I would sum this up is we want to, you know, God should be unshakable. You know, God should be somebody that, is solid that we can depend on that. And so, so that's, that, that is sort of the first, the first thing for me is, you know, as I read this as a whole, um, was that his kingdom cannot be shaken. And that to me is a good thing. So that, that is, that, that's the, the, the first thing that, that just comes to my mind. Um, you know, you, you mentioned um, eternity and just not being able to comprehend eternity. And um, I am I am 51 years old. And I literally, I, like when I say literally, like this happened. <laughs> I'm not using it as the figuratively that, that <laughs> but, but, 
But last night I was woken up at like two o'clock in the morning and was, I'll just use this term because that's what's it's being here. I was shaken by the concept of eternity at two o'clock in the morning last night. I woke up, thought about eternity and was made uncomfortable, was <laughs> uneasy, was like freaked the heck out by the concept of eternity. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like it, like it literally, and I, and I'm a fairly good sleeper. I'm not somebody that wakes up in the middle of the night and thinks about trivial things. I'm not somebody that wakes up in the middle of the night and stresses about things. Like I like sleep way too much. <laughs> that I, I, there's enough stress for tomorrow. There was enough stress yesterday. So, and, and I had to laugh at myself because it was the same thing as an adolescent, a young teenager that would rock my world. The concept of eternity would literally just make me uneasy. Like it mm-hmm. was that concept. And and when you talk about God, you know, um, for us, eternity is whatever our beginning point is forever. Mm-hmm. And then for God, it goes back the other way. Like there's a big, there's no beginning for him. And <laughs> I, I guess I had to take some peace in that. Like, like this is so odd to say, but, but it, 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 it literally, it is still one of the things that makes me uncomfortable. Like yeah. I can't just, I can't rationalize away eternity either way. It makes me uncomfortable as a 51 year old man where I have rationalized many other things. I'm comfortable with many other concepts, mm-hmm. uh, but an, an, in, an infinite God and the idea that my life is, is potentially infinite, which I mean, I believe it is. Um, stirred me in the middle of the night to the point where I got up. I mean, I got out of bed. I walked out, I walked around a little bit. And I would not have told you this last night. I would not have told you this this morning. Like I was not okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like I was made uncomfortable by that. And as you and I are talking about eternity right now, and as, as we read this, I, I, I think it, it, it complements what I have said many times. We don't want a God that we can understand. We don't want a God that we can put in a box and define and completely comprehend The eternity should make us uneasy. And the idea of spending eternity without God and people that we love spending eternity without God and people that we barely know or that we don't even know. The fact that anybody could spend eternity without God should make us incredibly uncomfortable. And <laughs> again, once again, I had no idea we were going to go to the, I was going to go to this place before we began recording this. Um, but God cannot be shaken. I'm grateful for that. Uh, the very last verse of this talks about our God is a consuming fire. 
I, I there I, there is a re- very real um fear of God for me. There is a very real awe of God. There's a very real just like sense of I can't comprehend him. I can't put him in a box. And um honestly in the middle of the night last night that was very unnerving for me. And part of me wondered where that came from. Like, part of me was just like, why? <laughs> why is this this happening? And um, I don't make lightly of this kind of stuff, but I, I, I definitely think there was an element of my experience last night was in preparation for our podcast of just the reality that we serve an infinite God who transcends any of our um, understanding. And as you've, it's just, it's, it's just so amazing to me because my brain can go so many different places. When I think about God, my brain can go so many different places when I think about what uh, we are told about him in the Bible. And, I am grateful that we serve a good God, a merciful God, a gracious God. Amen. And um, and even as I say these those words, and even as I think them about them in the middle of the night, it is still hard for me to embrace those things. It is still hard for me to completely accept those things. Um, because my sinful nature, my human nature, goes goes to the dark place. I mean, it goes uh-huh. to the other places. So, all right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, you're good. Well, cause like the, the other side of that, right. Or the opposite end of the eternal perspective is the finite perspective, right? When you die, mm-hmm. that's it. There's no afterlife. You cease existing. And that is what terrifies me. Is that little what if what if this is all just a really really well written scam and when you die you die and that's it and you just cease to exist now you'll never know no nope because you'll cease to exist and you therefore will cease the ability to think <laughs> and remember right yeah um but that that terrifies me because I like thinking and I like remembering and I like experiencing. Um, and so that, that I think a lot, a lot more about that than I want to. Um, but that then leads me to what you said of, well, what would be worse than ceasing to exist? Eternity without God. Yeah. Would be, immeasurably worse. And, and, and then I start to think about all of right. The people that I know that I know right now, that's where they would be going. And then you extrapolate that out to the billions of people, hundreds of like, you know, whatever the number is of others. Yeah. That, you know, it's just like, Holy cow. You just the gravity of the situation becomes so so great that it's 
sad isn't even the right word. Like it's, I think of like Jesus when he's, you know, saying like, woe to these people and woe to you. Cause you don't not, you know, and like, even when he says, forgive them father for they don't even know what they're doing. Like we're, we're so blind and so lost yeah. without, without Jesus that it's, I mean, it's a wonder that we get anything done without killing each other, which we're, <laughs> we're pretty darn good at that. But yeah, I mean, we also found a way to put computers on our wrists, you know, without, so like, it, it's just, it's very, I suppose the, it's like the, the existential conundrum that we find ourselves in, right? It's like we're incredibly capable and incredibly intelligent beings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, we are completely unable to accomplish the one thing that needs to be accomplished in order to not spend eternity without God, right? And then that's where we get to what you said again is thank, you know, thank God. <laughs> that he's good and gracious and merciful and kind and forgiving and like all of that stuff. Cause otherwise we're all screwed. Man, I need to go lay down now. I think. So I'm I'm reminded of a video um so Penn and Teller Oh, I think I know which one you're going to talk about maybe about about proselyte <laughs> I can't even say the word <laughs> proselytizing? Yes. And is it Penn? I don't even yeah. know who is who. Penn's the the big guy. Teller's a little one, I believe. And it's Penn Gillette. Mm -hmm. So Penn of Penn and Teller, he's got a video on YouTube that I don't know, maybe we could post or not. And it's kind of in line with what you and I are talking about. But his basically, in short, his remark is, is, is if you believe that people are truly going to spend eternity in hell, like, why are you not telling everybody about Jesus? Like he, he kind of was like, I have more respect for those people who have like kind of this perspective of, and I, 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 this is not aimed at anybody but myself. Like I truly, and again, I had this, I had this thought last night of if I believe in eternity and I believe that there are those that are going to spend it with God and there are those that are going to spend it without God. Like, why would I not be making every effort <laughs> to be telling those who don't know about Jesus, don't know about God? Why would I not be telling them, you know, whether they accept it or not? Because you, you, you're truly talking about, you know, there's there's 
millions of different illustrations when it comes to this kind of a talk in terms of the, the, the God timeline. Uh, you know, you're talking about literally a pencil thin line on an infinite timeline of what our time here is here on earth versus what we're talking about with, with eternity. And why would we not, um, be sharing our faith with others and what we believe. And he is not a believer. He is not a Christian. Yeah, he talks about true. somebody that pulls him aside um, at the end of one of his shows and kind of shares the gospel with him. And just, he basically, his point being is, is like, I have more respect for this person. And it's not about respect, but you know, when you think about what do you believe and do I really believe it? Why am I not better at sharing with people? And I think there's an, I think there's a lot that goes even into that statement mm -hmm. because I am, I am, I am a, um, I think it's important to have a relationship with people. I think it's important to not just turn or burn. Yeah. Regurgitate all over people. But even with saying that there are plenty of people in my life that I have solid relationships with that I should be probably saying, Hey, you know, this is what I believe and <laughs> I should be sharing it with you, but I don't. <laughs> but I don't. So I think the one verse I do want to touch on before we, uh, say farewell for this one is uh, verse 28. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. And then 29, for our God is a consuming fire, which of course reminds me of the old third day song <laughs> that I will probably force myself to listen to when we're done here. Um. Yeah, I think there. It's one thing to be grateful for something, right? Uh, and then it's one thing. It's another thing to respond to that gratefulness through, in this case, worship, right? Uh, which reminds me a little bit of something we were talking about before the episode was recorded about <laughs> being appreciative and also saying. Thank you. Um, yep. Yeah. So it's, it's one thing to be grateful. It's another thing to be grateful and show your appreciation uh, to the person that you are grateful for. In this case, it would be God. Right. And so I think it, that that's sort of the takeaway here for me is that in the moments where I am feeling overwhelmed by, you know, eternity or overwhelmed by my sin or overwhelmed by God's goodness towards me. That's totally unjustified. Um, or, uh, like, okay, quick example. Um, do you remember, uh, Beto, uh, that recorded with us a while back? He's the, uh, the pastor. Yeah. From my church, his family's from Mexico city. Um, and they've been in this five year process since they came here uh, they're on a religious, the R1 visa, but that visa 
expires in the middle of August. And so we've been in now for like the last two years trying to get them their their green cards, their permanent residence cards so they can stay here and not have to go back. And so for the season of Lent, we've been praying that that would happen, that that would get moved to the top of the pile and they would get their approval and um, we would be good to go. And so in the midst of that, a couple of folks from our church found a house that would be suitable for their family of five, purchased the house without knowing whether or not they were going to get to stay, but bought the house on their, you know, and then is going to let them essentially lease to own with zero interest, right? They're going to buy the house, let the syllabus up there. They'll pay their rent each month and eventually they'll own the house. Um, but they bought this house with zero guarantee that they were going to still be here. And so that happened over last weekend. They looked at the house on Thursday. They made the offer on Friday. They got the house. They got the offer accepted on Saturday. Monday morning, Ken gets the email from the lawyer because they were about to start the congressional letter process where they work with the congressperson to expedite the process. And then he got an email Monday morning from the lawyer that said, Hey, we don't need to bug the uh, Congresswoman <laughs> because the approval came through. They get to stay. And so what's crazy about this is the approval actually happened on the Friday of the previous week. But the letter and the email didn't come until, f- till Monday. So the approval was made at the same time that the offer in the house was made, but we didn't know that the approval had happened. And so you, it's, you know, coincidence that whatever it's to us, it's, it's God's answer to prayer in a magnificent way and, and honoring the faith that these people took to literally put their money where their mouth is and purchase a home for this family, believing that God was going to come through. And our whole church has been praying for this for all of Lent. Um, so it was, so it was two weekends ago because we celebrated this Sunday at church um, and like, it was like standing ovation for like two minutes. It was, it was really cool. Um, but the point is, is like in situations like that, where it's, it is so much, uh, emotion and so much coming together over such a long period of time. It's like in those moments, it's easy to worship. It's easy to pray. It's easy to celebrate. Right. But like, even like last night when you were woken up and and had all this stuff, like even in those small intimate moments where it's just you and God, it's equally appropriate to respond and worship in awe and reverence then as it is when something crazy like this happens for my friend Beto and his family, you know? And, And I think for some of us, it's easier than others to do that. But my, my, my whole five minute rant here on this is that this is the last verse. Let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe because not even when good things happen, but just based on the fact that his kingdom is unshakable and will remain forever. And we get to be a part of that. That, that in and of itself should be a constant reminder to us to respond in worship and reverence and awe. Um, yeah. So there. Yeah, done. Very cool. That was awesome. Yeah, it was really exciting. Ken called me on that Monday morning. I got a text. He's like, "Call me as soon as you have a minute." And I was like, "Well, this is never good." 
<laughs> and he tells me. So I like immediately start crying, you know? And then he, then he goes, oh yeah, but Beto doesn't know yet. And I was like, why are you telling me first? <laughs> like, what a jerk. <laughs> but he wanted to get as much of the staff together to surprise Beto as, as he could. But of course, the only time they could meet when, is when I was meeting, leading a meeting at work. So I was like super bummed. But anyways, it's all good. They get to stay. It's very exciting. That's cool. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like this is the first time that I can remember where in my life where we've something is completely 100% out of our control and all we can do is pray about it. And so we just, we just all just prayed about it and prayed, and God was like, okay, yes, done. Like I, I don't have any other thing in my history of, you know, my life where I can point to that is exactly like this. And it's, it's really kind of rocking my world. I think is doing that for a lot of people in our in our congregation too. Like that's cool. Holy that crap! That's very cool. Like, yeah. So it's it's really exciting, and we're all super happy. So that's that. I don't have anything else to say. I don't think. No, I have nothing more. <laughs> nothing further. All right. Nothing further, counselor. Cool. Um, we will have uh, links to the uh, the scripture passage as well as the the pen video that Dave mentioned um, in the show notes, which can be found at supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 201. They can also be found in your podcast app of choice. And um, there's links there to say hi um, as well. And, and... That's uh, that's gonna do it, I think, for uh, for this one. So, um, farewell, ta ta for now. Toodles, all of all of the uh, ways to say goodbye. Bye. <laughs>